Uh, Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan. So, have you guys seen the Star year? Trek? I no, I've never. I've, I've seen one Star Wars movie in my life. You son of a bitch! It's Star Trek. <laughs> Everybody and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Cusco here with my co-host Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. Walker, how long did you sleep after the coffee cast? Uh, I, a normal amount. I don't know. I mean, I uh, no, I, I crashed pretty hard and I I took like a three hour nap at like four thirty. Um, <laughs> our time, so one thirty your guys time, but yeah. yeah so like uh, right after we got off. It was about a half hour after we got sure. done. Yeah, I, uh, I took about a three-hour nap, and then, uh, yeah, I stayed up, I think, until, like, one, and uh, slept sound until I woke up, like, six hours later. So, yeah, it was, uh, I was pretty tired. I, I, I fell pretty hard, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't too bad. Didn't throw up. I didn't have, like, heart palpitations or anything, so. Ah, uh, well, um. If people don't know what we're talking about, check out our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash football absurdity. That one is free. I just had to throw it on the Patreon feed because we said bad words and um, we can't have that on the on the iTunes feed or else they get fussy. So um, welcome in. Uh, This is our I guess our first offseason episode. So this these will be a little bit more loosey goosey. I think we don't have to be like, all right, well, we got to get to. uh jags texans guys we gotta get to that preview <laughs> we gotta hurry up and get there uh, thank uh, god yeah so i don't, don't want to talk about bad teams anymore except the lions yeah we could always talk about the lions um and other bad teams like the colts okay what now <laughs> hey what okay. i said bad teams no, like i voluntarily the came on this show today <laughs> just to talk about awards and then i get slammed because of the Colts, okay, you know what? They're going to playoffs, so uh, better than whatever the 49ers are going to do. So you know, That's what? not true. The 49ers are going to go to the playoffs because the Rams are going to take a dive. NFC no. West solidarity. No, the Niners are probably just going to beat the Rams because somehow they always figure out a way to do it, even though they're never that good. NFC West, Rochambeau, baby. That's how it works. The Cardinals are off to the side, but we've talked about NFC West, Rochambeau. It's just how it goes. So, uh, yeah, uh, we don't do anything for week 18. If you're here for week 18 advice, just uh, shut down your uh, podcast app. Shut up. Yeah. Shut stop, up. stop playing on week 18. Don't Get do your it. Act Pull it together, guys. All right. So I asked Mike to, to, to get together. Uh, we'll do a quick debrief on our season. Uh, Mike, did you get together your leagues play, leagues and playoffs, leagues one? Um, no. No. But I know. I know. I know. I know exactly what that number is i didn't have the research it was a thousand leagues a thousand playoffs a thousand <laughs> first place you, you you nailed it how did you know i am because so i'm good no i got 15 leagues nine playoffs including scott fishbowl three finals and two wins although i'm i'm counting it as 14 leagues because i don't know how playoffs work in the weenus league because that was just like oh is they, that the weenus together thing yeah yeah it was weird scoring and i they were it was best ball, and then in week like fourteen, uh, Cooter Doodle was like, "This person won," and I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> I don't know how this works." Yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah, two wins. Feel good about two wins. I had uh, I had three leagues because I 
am not a crazy person. Because like he has a men. healthy relationship to fantasy <laughs> football. That's right. Uh, three leagues, three playoffs, one title game, zero championships. Ah, oh, yeah. Get, a, get him out. Get him out. Get him out. Yeah. All right, brutal. Mike. Uh, yeah, I almost this is the closest I've come to winning my home league so far. So oh, yeah. we'll get him next year, buddy. I made the playoffs in my home league, and then I got knocked out in week one of the playoffs, and I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'll allow this. All right, Mike, what's yours? 47 leagues. Jesus Christ, man. Um, 48 starting next year because I've already um, – Got a startup going, probably. I know, I did. I retweeted, uh, you don't need to do another startup. And you're like, too late. (laughs) Too late. Um, Another three probably going to be in the works, um, plus on top of that. But anyways, this year alone. uh, uh, Well, like I mentioned before, a lot of these leagues are orphans. So they're just Uh really filled up. But Mike's starting to explain why he didn't make the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) To to excuse my mediocrity. Five playoffs and uh, five championships. Look at this guy. Five playoffs. I mean, over five over ten percent championships is good. That's any yeah, that's anytime, good. anytime you're winning ten percent or more championships, you're doing really well. Oh well, shit. Okay. Um, now I'm, I'm not now I'm not feeling so bad. I like that. Yeah, ten percent championships. Uh, that's that's better than Walker, who's got zero percent. I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, in my last ten leagues combined, I pretty sure i've won one so i'm I'm doing okay i i I make the playoffs a lot and i don't win very often (laughs) (laughs) fair enough so all right good at being good i I would i i tell you i'd rather have teams when when managers say oh well you know i'm really good at fantasy football because i won so many championships I don't think it's as important as saying, you know, I've been in the playoffs this many times. Um, winning championships, only one one team can do it. Um, and if you're in the playoffs most of the time, then to me, you're those are the um, managers that I respect more than some dude that just says, oh, yeah, I won this championship, so I'm really good. Really? Okay, Over. good for you. But that doesn't tell me that you're really good at fantasy football. We're doing Consistency that. tells me you're good at fantasy football. Doing great then, because I, I made the playoffs in 100% of my three leagues, and I go. made the playoffs. I've made the playoffs in my home league four out of five times, which is that's what I'm talking about. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. The there's people who are like, yeah, I've won my home league like 13 times in a row. It's like go find better leagues. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I yeah, if I think if I won any league more than if I won a league like four years in a row, I'd be I'd start to get weird about it like why why is this happening yeah we have our commissioner keeps winning our home league but he wins it like one every three years and everybody's like this is ridiculous like this is too much like we got to take him down and that's you know one out of every three years if he won every single year yeah it'd be like this isn't fun anymore for anybody yeah yeah so all right uh let's uh let's get into it then so this episode is the absurdities it's our annual uh awards show i guess you can call it uh we each have uh uh p- our own people for each category and um uh yeah this year's theme uh, mike and i came up with it earlier this week is 80s movies so we've got we'll, we'll get into what these mean but we've got awards for rocky balboa rambo back to the future pete maverick mitchell which is funnier that th- to think about the top gun guy being named pete uh <laughs> roger murtaugh 
Ishtar, which Mike just kept being like, Ishtar. Ishtar is the biggest bust. Ishtar. And I, I mean, me and Walker not, were like. I was. I talked to my dad about that, and he said that that's like a very correct analogy. So. All right. My perfect. dad is 52 years old, so there you go. Yeah, yep. there you go. Uh, E.T., Roadhouse, Terminator, and then we have to talk about our favorite 80s movie, which I don't know if I chose one. All of them are good, except for the ones with uh, weirdly problematic things, so none of them are good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, let's start off at the top and... Um, yeah, the Rocky Balboa Award for each of you guys. Uh, it is the biggest underdog that came through or the big sleeper who cashed. So, uh, Walker, we'll start with you. Yeah, I went with Hunter Renfro here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He was going in the like wide receiver 70 range before the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's going behind Henry Ruggs, who is uh, no longer in the NFL. And he was going behind Brian Edwards. Um, but Brian Edwards is good. I look, man. I Brian Edwards was a good prospect, but he hasn't worked out so far. But that's right. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Renfro just he kept getting better all season. Um, he just the more they used him, the better he got. He he was he was efficient no matter how big his role was, and uh, he has really accounted for the loss of Darren Waller. I mean, he, he's picked up his play as Waller slowed down and got hurt. And uh, the team, you know, in real life football, the team really needed that. And uh, in, in terms of fantasy football, it was very consistent production. Um, you know, he's going to finish as a high-end wide receiver, too, on the season, which is mm-hmm. just absolutely incredible value for where you were getting him. I mean, I think I drafted him in, like, the 12th or 13th round. So... Yeah, just uh, a guy I was keeping my eye on on where I could get him and uh, where I was able to grab him. He really came through, uh, came through very well for me. Also, uh, I think uh, I think what we should do is after all three of us say our explain our uh, choices for each award, we should decide as a group which one is the actual overall winner. Oh, that's cool. okay. So like these are the nominees. <clears throat> the nominees, yes. So, Mike, who is your nominee for the Rocky Balboa Award? My nominee is uh, Cordell Patterson. Uh, speaking of ADP, he was 122 to start this season. Uh, he is currently the wide receiver 15. Um, even better at run, running back as a uh, running back seven. He's had four games with top 12 performances, six top 20, and eight top 24 performances, 11 touchdowns. 232 points uh he uh he broke his previous uh all season record by week nine and um never um he was never higher than a wide receiver 44 coming into the season so i forget what season it was but uh he uh he was finishes the high he's in his career as a wide receiver 44 in like 2016 or something to that effect so the best he ever was was a wide receiver 44. Okay. For me, it's Jalen Waddle. Um, Jalen Waddle had an ADP, depending on where you looked, uh, around uh, Mike's guy. He was 136 on NFL.com, 145 on Yahoo, 114 on ESPN. Um, 
and he's just cashed week after week after week after week. Um, he had 10 double digit PPR games this season, which uh, was tied for um, 17th on the year with uh, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, T Higgins, CD Lamb, Darnell Mooney. And um, it's the, Oh no, I didn't put how many all time this was, but it's the same number all time for a rookie as Justin Jefferson, Marcus Colston, Percy Harvin, T Higgins, Deshaun Jackson, and Andre Johnson. So that's pretty good company to be in from a, from Jalen Waddle. It also feels sustainable because it's a lot like how Miami used to use Jarvis Landry. It's a role that will continue, and it's a role that can only get better because if he goes from low A dot to high A dot, gets the same number of targets, it'll continue. And if that doesn't work, they'll just drop him back down to the same role. So um, he's a, a big sleeper. I mean, 145 on Yahoo. That's where I primarily draft. I didn't realize he was going so high on other sites. So, I mean, he was a, what's 145? That's a 13th round pick in a 12-team league. So that's with your kickers and CSTs. So um, very, very happy to be getting Jalen Waddle there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I got him as a, he was wide receiver 47 or 48 in Scott mm-hmm. Fishbowl where I drafted him. So, yeah, great value I, for sure. I bet he was money in Scott Fishbowl, too, because of the point per first down thing. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. So, all right, guys. So our nominees for biggest under, or sorry, biggest underdog that came through the Rocky Balboa Award is uh, our nominees are Hunter Renfro, Corderell Patterson, and Jalen Waddle. Um, I mean, Mike, who's your vote for? My vote would be my guy. Honestly, um, I think Cordell Patterson was someone that was definitely the biggest underdog, just the ADP and what he did on the field. All right, Walker. I agree. I was going to go with Cordero. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I agree as well. So biggest underdog is Corderell Patterson is the winner. So congratulations to Corderell Patterson. If we had higher production value, we'd put in applause and all that stuff. But guess what? Guess what we don't have? Production value. So we've got Woo! Mike we got Mike uh doing uh <laughs> I don't know what Waka just did, but We love you, Cordero. <laughs> we love you, Cortland Patterson. Yes, Cortland Patterson. Patterson. I have to write it out. If, yeah. if I don't write it out, it's gonna be a mess. It was so funny. I think I told you guys we were recording and uh, Brian Sklar, one of our writers, sent me a message and said, if Mike says Cortland Patterson one more time, I swear to God, because <laughs> he was listening to the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. So uh, number two uh, is Rambo. Biggest comeback. And the theme here I forgot to say is 80s movies. So it's 80s movies is the theme. So Rambo, the biggest comeback. Walker went first last time. Mike, you'll go first this time, and uh, I think we got a bit of homerism here. <laughs> it's it a little bit of homerism, but my my guy's definitely Carson Wentz, and Ooh. the homerism is is abounds here. But if you look at it, he was completely thrown out of Philadelphia. Uh, people just was like, you know what? I don't even think he's even any good. Uh, why are the Colts taking him? Why are the Colts trading their first round? Hit for this guy he's horrible 2017 his, his mvp possible year was a fluke this guy is just awful however he brought it each and every week this season um he he would play it on two somehow he he twisted both of his ankles in one play he said no nah, no nah, nah, that's not gonna bother me i'm still gonna go out there i'm still gonna do what i need to do 
And he's done that, whether he was asked to pass a ton, whether he was asked just to manage the offense, whatever he's been asked to do outside of getting COVID, um, he's he's been pretty good, uh, pretty good captain. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who don't get vaccinated and stuff. And okay, whatever your choice is, but at least do your best to wear masks. And looking through hard knocks, looking all the time at him, uh, every time he's on the sidelines, he has a mask on. He's doing what is asked and what he he wants to do to lead this team um, when so many people don't. Um, and for that, he's my biggest comeback. Uh, mine is um, Jimbo Connor. As friend of the podcast, uh, Kevin Surgeon likes to call him Jimbo Connor. So uh, James Connor uh, was really good in 2018 uh, when he was with the Steelers. He took over for uh, Lev Bell when Lev Bell just decided he wasn't playing football, I think, ever again. Was it what ended up happening there? Because I don't know what happened to Lev Bell after that. But um, in that year, he had uh, over uh, 1,400 yards from scrimmage, 12 touchdowns. 55 catches this and then he was kind of affected by injuries the last couple of years this year, 14 games um, over a thousand yards. And really the big thing is 16 touchdowns. So there was a span where James Connor uh, was RB two. And that span was a pretty big one weeks nine through 14. And that's from when J uh, Chase Edmonds got hurt through when uh, James Connor got hurt. Um, entering week 17, he scored 129.2 fantasy points in that span, which would have been, uh, RB 32 on the season. Just that was that five week span. Um, and he had a bye week in there. Um, so he was incredible. Um, so I, uh, I, uh, wanted to just nominate my boy Jimbo Connor and I lost, I put together a bunch of things and I accidentally closed it of Kev. Uh, just slamming James Connor all all off season long, <laughs> but I to lost be, them. To be fair, I also slammed James Connor all off season. Yeah, but uh, I, I, it would be more fun to slam Kev because he's not here to defend himself. Yeah, get him, get him. So I got him. So um, here we go. Uh, James Connor is mid. That's from Kev. He's uh, meh. He's pretty good. Uh, I, I think he is. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, and and there's a thing with James Conner where people don't like because he's not extremely athletic, but his game is like being very patient and smart with his running. So he doesn't run like a four four forty, but he doesn't need to. He just kind of does what he needs to do. He figures uh, it out. Yeah, he figures it out. So uh, <clears throat> all right, so that the first two were Carson Wentz and Jimbo Conner. Uh, wa uh, Walker, who is your guy? Yeah, I went with Joe Burrow here. Um, he got hurt at the end of last season. Um, nobody was really sure if he was even going to be fully healthy to start the season. Um, Blew out his of, entire knee. Right. He exploded, yeah. A lot of people faded him as a result. Um, and all he's done is come out and be one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks in football this year. Um, you know, he had the huge game um, against Baltimore, played great against KC. He's, he's been as good as you can ask for down the stretch um his connection with jamar chase is i mean that could be transcendent for a long time um the dude's just been really good he, he's improved his game from last year and i didn't know how much better he'd be able to get with you know with, with the coming back from the injury and uh having to deal with zach taylor as his head coach who i still don't think is very good at his job but yeah uh i 
Burrow was a pretty easy choice for me here. All right. Um, so we got the nominees for biggest comeback. Carson Wentz, James Conner, and Joe Burrow. I will go with Joe Burrow. Joseph Robinette Burrow is my guy. Yep, I agree. Uh, in fact, when um, we were talking about it with the biggest comeback on Tuesday, Joe Burrow was in my head. But since Walker got it to it first, <laughs> I had to change my gears. And so just based on that alone, Joe Burrow, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't even think the competition's even close. Uh, Joe Burrow is my winner. Yeah. So, all right. So the next award is uh, uh, play, Back to the Future, which was player who went from good to great but will be bad again. I, I'll i go first. I think my bar for good was a lot lower than your guys's because my guy was competent. <laughs> he was a competent, competent NFL player who was suddenly <laughs> – I, I I was shocked when I saw this because I've been the person who's been yelling at you for like two full years that Daryl Williams is good at football. He's and bad. You, right, and you keep saying he's not good. And yet every time he gets a chance to be the lead back, he's good. He, as <clears> a lead back, was better than Clyde Edwards Alaire this year. Mm-hmm. So the shocking thing is Daryl Williams <laughs> is RB17 on the season. I'm I'm surprised because you like you like Connor so much. Daryl Williams and Connor are almost like yin and yang. I mean, yeah, they, uh, Williams is just a slightly slower version of Connor. Which yeah, is, yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> being a slower version of James yeah. Connor is. <laughs> oh, Daryl Williams is not fast. He's no, just, he's not fast. No. Yeah, I call him Daryl Williams. Yeah, Daryl Williams is a great name. No, yeah. that is really good. Yeah, he he just he does Barrel. I mean, yeah. that's that's what you're gonna get. My my guy is straight out of DK. Yeah. <laughs> no, I to be honest, uh, a lot of not liking Daryl Williams was a lot of a bit because I thought Walker liked him way too much. But he's 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 OK. Like James Conner is let's be honest here. James Conner is also just OK. But I mean, RB 17 on the season. I think the Chiefs, if they're smart, uh, find someone more competent than Clyde Edwards, the to platoon him with. And um, he doesn't get almost a thousand yards next year. I think that's the crazy part. He has almost a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Like he has uh, barely more fantasy points than David Montgomery. Granted, he's played four more games, but it's like he has more fantasy points than Melvin Gordon, who's played 15 games. AJ Dillon, who's played 16. And it's just yeah. like, what well, is happening? Darryl, well, it's because Daryl Williams is good at football and AJ Dillon is not. No. Wrong. <laughs> The next award is for a guy who's getting his ass kicked off the podcast, and my nomination is Walker Kelly. Damn. I've been right. got. So, all right, uh, Walker, who is your guy? And um, I'll tell you right now, this is who I'm voting for. <laughs> it's Joe Mixon, folks. Uh, He's not great. This guy is. Uh, this guy has always been pretty good, and that's it. And this year he played pretty good, and he just got way more volume. And so he is, for fantasy, like a top five guy. I really don't think a running back going into his sixth NFL season with no history prior to this season of being able to hold up to a big workload, I don't see this happening again. I I think that the offense is good, so his touchdown production should still be pretty good. Um, And I'm not saying he's going to go all the way back down to what he was like in his second year or whatever. But... At some point in the next two or three years, Joe Mixon's going to fall off the the face of the earth because he's just going to get old. And 
everyone on Twitter is going to go absolutely insane. And, they, and won't, they won't admit it. Yeah, they'll just be like, no, no, he's still good. He's still good. You just only at you can only they're just giving him too many touches. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna be at, Joe Mixon doesn't get enough touches until he gets too many touches, and then Joe Mixon gets too many touches. It's never going to be Joe Mixon's fault. It's never going to be that Joe Mixon just is pretty good and not great, which is what I've been saying for five years. Um, yeah. I'll give it to him. He had a great season, but he's it, he's going to come back down to earth. He had a he had a good season, but we see you can see what <laughs> happens when you don't get a lot of targets. I mean, he's gotten targets the last two weeks. But for a while there, it was like two yards, 10 yards, zero yards, negative two yards, zero yards receiving. It's just like you if you don't have that other part of your game, you need to get like 20 touches per game to be good. And that's what Joe Mixon has gotten. But I mean, he kind of killed you down the stretch getting two touchdowns in the last five games after being pretty touchdown dependent before then. So, uh, yeah, I agree with Joe Mixon. Uh, I disagree with Mike. Uh, my second nominee for guy who's getting his ass kicked off the podcast is Mike Valverde for this one. Jeff um, doing the podcast by himself. Uh, <laughs> I did Twitch streams by myself. They were hell on earth. Oh, I bet. Um, All right, who's your guy? My guy, uh, and I can see why, is Debo Samuel. He's good, folks. He, he's good. He was good in 2019. He was the wide receiver 31. So that fits that criteria. Good. Uh, I'm not going to count 2020 because he was hurt for most of the year. I think he only mm-hmm. played like, what, eight, eight, eight games, something like and, that. And one of those, he got hurt on literally the first play of the game. <laughs> oh, geez. So he didn't even record probably anything there. Nope. He had so, a 10 yard rush. He had a 10 yard rush. Oh, so he got one, got point, <laughs> one point in that game. Um, and then, so I'm not going to count 2020. 2021, he's been. Um, Pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, wide receiver three. Uh, so my my thing is, A, a 49er wide receiver being in the top 10 is pretty difficult to do. I don't even remember outside of this year when that last time that even happened. Uh, number two, you throw in, which which doesn't mean it can't happen, but, you know, the, the timeline is there. Um Number two, they're going to Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble here. Um, I, I better, I better, I better speak really, really favorable of yeah. Samuel here. Um, Measure your next words because they might be your last. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is threatening murder. On the I, 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 I got the look. I'm in trouble. Um, so Trey Lance is going to. I think it's going to be an excellent quarterback. Uh, but he's a running quarterback, and that's going to strip away opportunities. And then when you're only looking at, like, George Kittle and maybe a wide receiver, and then you slim that down, plus you throw in regression with, with Samuel. He's not good, you know, as I mentioned, to, to even perform as a top three in two consecutive years, you, you can go back to last year and look at Stephon Dix, okay? It's very difficult to keep in that balance. Uh, Devontae Adams you know, it's probably one of the only examples where you can count on that. But uh, I do believe he's going to finish anywhere in the top 20, um, 20 to 24. So he will revert back to not being great, but OK again. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Mike, Jeff. I'm sorry. 
His touchdown production has been completely unsustainable this year. His touchdown production has kicked major ass this year is what you mean. I mean, I'm not saying that it hasn't. I mean, he's a very cool player to watch play football, but he's he's not going to score seven rushing touchdowns in five (laughs) weeks again next year. It's not going to happen. I think he will. I don't think he's going to, Jeff. I think you just not want with, it to happen. Not with Lance. Yeah, I think it would be really cool if yeah, that did happen. I, it, like, if if Amon Ross St. Brown did what he's done the last five weeks over an entire season, I think that'd be super cool, too. But I can't bet on it happening. Right. Yeah. No, Debo Samuel isn't going to get seven rushing touchdowns again. That that was a play of necessity because all the 49ers running backs got hurt. So yeah. he started getting a lot of like running back snaps. Like the man has 51 rush attempts on the year. Like that is out of control. Wow. It's Cordero Patterson who, not really a wide receiver. Who played running back all year. Yeah, 149 rush attempts. Then Debo with 51. And then number three is Rondale Moore with 18. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's been a weird season for his usage. And like I said, he's still he he's a talented, very, very talented player. And I think he can be a back end wide receiver one in the future. Um, but I yeah, I, I don't see another top three season coming from Depot anytime soon. No, I don't think he's going to be top three. Uh, I think Stefan Diggs is the perfect comp because he's like wide receiver seven in total points and 11 per game right now. So. That's that's the natural regression I would expect. So uh, I will vote Joe Mixon. Uh, even I already used the Joseph Robinette, so I can't use it for him for Mixon. Yeah, I agree too, Joe Mixon. Um, yeah, one hundred. Cool. Shocking that the guy who went first has won two out of the first yeah. three awards. <laughs> I was gonna vote for Debo. Uh, I thought Mike made a good point. Uh, no, he did not make a good point about Debo Samuel because yeah, Debo yeah, Samuel can't vote for Debo just out of morals no. alone. No, well, no, considering no. he's my can't fantasy MVP him. later on, <laughs> don't ruin um, it. All right, uh, next one is uh, Pete Maverick Mitchell, which is Mav from Top Gun, Maverick from Top Gun, uh, which is the non-Jamar Chase rookie of the year. We had to strip out Jamar Chase because that was too too easy given how his last two weeks went. So, uh, Walker, you kicked this one off, and you have already talked about this gentleman. Yeah, yeah, I just mentioned him. It's my boy, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, the sun god, uh, he he elevated to a higher plane in the, in the last four or five weeks. Um, ever since he had to become the number one option in the offense, he's been ridiculously good, um, despite being... You know, he's he's had bracket coverage at times. He's had Tim Boyle throwing in the ball for half of those games. Papa um, Boyle. The Did you second... say Papa Boyle? Papa Boyle. <laughs> Disgusting. He's 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 at his second best player on the offense has either been uh Josh or Craig Reynolds at, at <laughs> times. Pick a Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Which Reynolds do you prefer? Um, Josh, Craig, Dennis, pick a Reynolds. A rap. Is that a Reynolds Ren- rap? Reynolds rap. Reynolds rap. <laughs> No, Dennis Reynolds. That's uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if he's actually gonna win this one, but Amon Ra, he, I just couldn't pass it up because he's been so good, especially in the important weeks of the fantasy season. Um, he he led a lot of people to to championships. I mean, the the guy who won my home league had St. Brown on his team. Um. I believe Walid, who won the Football Absurdity League, he had St. Brown on his team. 
Oh, I want to say good for Waleed for finally winning. I wonder why he didn't win the last two years. Okay, go for it. Sorry. Uh, couldn't tell you. There's there's no way of knowing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really don't have anything else to say. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown kicks ass. Uh, he's really good. I said he was going to be good, and uh, everyone thought I was crazy because, uh, oh, my God, he went outside the top 100 picks. Jeff, I said he'd be good. You, Jeff, you said that uh, you said he's the likeliest of the guys outside the top 100 to be good, but you didn't yeah. actually believe it. I did. I, we, we, I we drafted him in my home. Check the tape. I love Afra and Sage Surratt. I, we were talking about how I was so excited. That's that true. That's true. We, we, did, we did really like Sage Surratt, which we're not going to discuss that any further. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, St. Brown is incredible. He's better than even I thought he was, and I had him as wide receiver five, I think, overall. Um, and I had him as a top 35 player in the whole draft. So, yeah, he, he's, he looks like a guy who should have gone in the first round, and uh, he's going to be a, a staple piece of the offense for a long time to come. So, um, as a Lions fan, real happy that we got that dude. Yeah, and I had to double-check uh... – Chaz Surratt did not have any interceptions, so he did not have more receptions than Sage Surratt. <laughs> uh, Sage Surratt did not play in an NFL football game this year. Oh, man. I checked. My home league uh, winner also had Amon Ross St. Brown in it, so good yeah, for him. there you go. Yeah. He also had Antonio Brown, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, Walker's is Amon Ross St. Brown. Mike's is not surprising, but I do have to ask you a question. Is this guy better or worse than Zach Ertz? Uh, this I is mean, a joke because Mike uh, kept picking up and dropping Zach Ertz. In this oh, oh, I did that three weeks in a row. Too. Yeah, Pat Firemouth, baby. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was actually thinking, but I was, uh, I, I would go with Ertz. I, right now, Fire Firemouth is better, but for whole career, Ertz, for sure. Yeah. All right, Mike, let's hear about your boy. So, yeah, I did pick Pat Firemouth. Uh, you could, everybody can make a case, of course, for uh, Kyle Pitts. But my my thinking is this. Okay, so Kyle Pitts had a better season than Pat Firemouth. But there's two things that stand out here. Number one was the fact that Kyle Pitts, he broke the mold. We all know this. And the unicorn and all those type of things right so if it was really this if it took someone like kyle pitts to to do all these things and pat firemouth was supposed to be not even considered not even be heard of and did also break the mold how how really good is someone that's considered less to do more and I, that's the reason why I picked him. Um, yes, P- Pitts had the better stats. Yes, Pitts did, you know, great. But uh, I think it's a disservice when you when there's more negativity or more um, harder, difficult road to go to go through and still accomplish what he did. He didn't even start until I think week seven. Um, Ebron was the starter there, and they were just like, nah, you know what? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're done. We want we want um, Firemouth, and since really then he was uh, excellent. I mean, there's been many weeks where he outperformed Kyle Pitts, and he finished. Or I don't know if you want to count. At, at this point, he's the tight end 15. 
uh, and could be in the top seven or eight if he didn't uh, if he started week one, just like Kyle Pitts had done. So my rookie of the year goes to not only Pat the Mouth, the Fire Mouth, Pat the Mouth, Fryer Man, Mooth, whatever you want to call him, he's a stud. I call him Father Math, Fryer Mooth. Um, yeah, Mike, to your point, um, where did, where were people drafting Kyle Pitts? Like tight end four? Yeah, tight end four, but yeah, exactly, if not earlier. Where were people drafting uh, Firemouth? They weren't tight even end, drafting him. Tight end 24. Yeah, the difference between Kyle Pitts and uh, Firemouth per game was one catch for six yards in full PPR. Wow. So, yeah, if you're just going on pure, like... Um, like value obtained, yeah. Firemouth is um a better proposition than Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm going with uh, Firemouth's teammate, uh, Najee Harris. So, excuse me, uh, I'm drinking an A and W root beer, and it is causing me uh some distress. Uh Najee Harris, uh, running back three on the year. Uh, we talked about how he was just going to get peppered with volume. He has 366 touches. Um, so absolutely peppered with volume leads the league in a uh, running back catches again, just strip out, uh, Cordero Patterson. Cause we don't know what position he plays, but 70 receptions went ahead of Leonard Fournette. Um, he also has, like I said, 296 rush attempts, which was second in the league. Dude was all volume averaging about hundred yards per game, 10 touchdowns. Um, uh, the same number of points per game as Christian McCaffrey this year. It's Najee Harris. He he's immediately vaulted into a top five conversation because um, yep. of volume. And this is another reason I wanted to do this is this is exactly what the three of us said would happen in this offseason. We were like, it doesn't matter how good he is. He will get more touches than anybody could possibly think he will get. And everybody wanted to poo poo him. So I'm doing Najee Harris as my non Jamar Chase rookie of the year. So like- our. our our um, nominees are Almond Ross St. Brown, Pat Firemouth, and Najee Harris. Oh, and Najee Harris had that big touchdown run in the fantasy finals that swung a lot of leagues. So That's he was true. he was impactful the whole year long. Yeah, I I would vote for Harris here. I, I think he was consistently across the entire season uh, very impactful. He certainly was worth his draft price. And uh, yeah, I mean you can't really argue with a guy who's uh, a top six running back. Yeah. I mean, uh, not nobody cares about your fantasy league, but in my home league, I have Najee Harris for $10 this year, and he will be 15 next year. And I consider it to be the most valuable asset in the league right now because of the $300 budget. So I'm very excited about that. So um, yes, Mike, who is your, who is your vote? And it doesn't matter because I'm voting Najee Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been outvoted. No, I agree. I think it's a clean sweep. Najee Harris, uh, for him just to do it all season long. I mean, Jonathan Taylor didn't do it all season long last year. I, I don't know. I it would. It's probably hasn't been that long. But if we look at running backs, especially rookie running backs that have come in and have done it from point A to point Z and be consistent, like Harris has done. And as you mentioned, a lot of that has to do with, of course, you know, opportunity. But uh, he still did it. And 
I, I would like to go back and see exactly when that last time a rookie running back has been as successful as Najee Harris. And I'm sure it would take me some time, but just based on that and the fact that he was really good, regardless, um, Najee Harris is the winner for me. Yeah, boy, that's right. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. It's the old fantasy MVP. So age 30 plus for non-quarterbacks, 35 plus for quarterbacks. This is the Roger Murtaugh Award. Uh, the uh, Danny Glover character in Lethal Weapon, who is getting too old for this stuff. stuff. I don't feel like doing editing. Too old for this stuff. <laughs> so, Mike, yours is very curious. You went with a guy that I would not have thought of going with. Um, why don't you talk about him a little bit? Yeah. Well, it was first it was kind of difficult to find someone that was actually good enough to be in the mention of MVP. Uh, we're talking age 30 plus for non-quarterbacks, 35 plus for quarterbacks. Uh, Brady is, is a, you know, an excellent example. Um, but so I went through it and Thielen, who is 31 years old, had one of his best seasons um, playing in only 13 games, which obviously hurts you. But he uh, finished as a wide receiver 26. He caught uh, 67 balls for and touched 10 touchdowns on 95 targets, uh, which was the second highest TD production of his career. It, it just it, it's just more um, um, opportunity as far as who's available out there at age 30 plus. But uh he was always either a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. He missed a couple games. What was it like from week five to like week eight where he was just not even on the page at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes got played outplayed by K.J. Osborne. Sometimes Kirk Cousins was just like, no, this is all going to be Justin Jefferson's game. But even through all of that, he remained consistent uh, and I I don't remember what his ADP was in the beginning of the year, but I believe it was pretty low. And in only 13 games, he finishes a wide receiver 26. is pretty dang good. Uh, He was uh, fifth round, actually. I thought it was a lot lower than that, too. So So it was probably like a wide receiver 28, 25, something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Walker, who is your guy? My guy is Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Uh, he's getting a lot of mentions. Um, he, you, you very, very rarely see an old running back uh, get uh, get this kind of run. And mostly it's because he never really played running back before this. He did a little bit for the Bears like three years ago. But, um, yeah, it's just really impressive. I mean, he did slow down at the end of the season a little bit, which is understandable because he's 30 years old and skinny. But for him to do what he to do what he did, taking hits at running back, playing the position at a high level most of the season, um, you know, being being a huge value in drafts as we've already said, um, I, I I just didn't think that there was a better option. I mean, it's like I said, it's just so rare that you see old running backs do well in fantasy football, and so for him to be consistent most of the season was really impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, Cordero Patterson felt like a, a good choice, especially because he uh, he came out of relatively nowhere because he's been mostly like a kick returner. One of the best kick returners in the league, but just a a, a kick returner. So um, I uh, I ran a search. 
So um, before I get into my guy, um, Cordero Patterson scored the second most points uh, among wide receivers and tight ends age 30 plus. Adam Thielen scored the third most points. And now we're going to play a game with you guys. Who scored the first, fourth, and fifth most points among wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs age 30 plus? And I'll give you a hint. Two tight ends and one wide receiver. Number one, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. All right. Travis Kelsey, number one, is correct. So we've got a tight end and a wide receiver. Uh, Number five, I would say, would be Rob Gronkowski. <clears throat> Rob Gronkowski it? missed a bunch of games. I'm going to yeah, go with Zach Ertz. Ding, ding, ding. Zach Ertz was four. Four. Okay. Um, number five. Uh, Antonio Brown? No, because Antonio Brown also missed a bunch of games. Yeah, I know. But Okay. 66 catches, 744 yards, three touchdowns. And I'll give you guys another hint. He is, he was a nominee, or he could have been a nominee for the Roadhouse Award. Because he did change teams this season. 66 for 744 and three. He had three touchdowns. That's it. Um, What guy, older guy, changed teams, went to a quarterback who throws like no touchdowns, but throws for a decent amount of yards? And no who's head, but a lot of yards. And whose head coach might be Bill O'Brien next year? Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. So if if you had a 30-plus league, uh, Marvin Jones would have been your wide receiver three. So, um, yeah, I, I was kind of shocked by that. I, I looked this up because I was, wanted to see how many points I would Adam never have guessed Marvin Jones. Yeah, six I, is – I've forgotten about him. Six is Beasley. Seven is Gronk. Eight is A.J. Green. Nine is Emmanuel Sanders. Ten is Antonio Brown. So, um, yeah, 13 is Brandon Bolden, who is apparently 30 years old. I, I forgot Jeez. he's been playing special teams for, like, 60 Forever. years. So um, my I, I've been filibustering because my guy's Tom Brady. I mean, it's the obvious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tom, yeah. QB, Tom Brady yeah. was really good this year, and he's super old. Yeah, <laughs> what else he was, yeah, he might be the MVP again. This yeah, year. QB nine by ADP led the league in twenty five point fantasy games. Uh, he struggled a little bit. Uh, he may have actually cost you your playoffs, given when he struggled. But um, yeah, I mean, Thomas Edward Brady was my nominee. So. Pretty yeah, easy. I, mean, I would I would vote for for Brady. Yeah, I, Brady is pretty pretty much. I mean, when he's the guy's the MVP of probably football, <laughs> um, and finishes the top three when everything is supposed to be Konami code, and yeah. obviously <laughs> Tom Brady is the antithesis of the Konami code, and he finishes a QB three. It's pretty much Tom Brady. Yeah. All right. My guy for biggest bust is Miles Gaskin. Parentheses. All my homies hate Miles Gaskin. Uh, this is the Ishtar Award for biggest bust, which Mike was very adamant that we go with Ishtar. Miles um, Gaskin. All my homies hate Miles Gaskin, as I keep saying. Uh, running back 38 on the year in points per game, but running back 24 in total points. Just saying. He yeah. Wasn't I mean, RB2. I, I think basically you can split the difference between running back. Point, we're between total points rank and per game points rank, and that'll give you a a decent look at how like useful they were. And so he Miles was a Gask- flex all year, right? Miles Gaskin was a decent flex play this season, and uh, 
Jeff and uh, maybe some some dumb guy named Big Daddy Ranks uh, said that he was going to be a good RB2. So, whoops. He was a bad RB2. If we just... Yeah, he sure was. <laughs> he sure was, folks. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think he's I, I don't think he was disappointing enough. I, I don't think he was as disappointing as the other two guys that are nominated, to be honest. Well, this let's be clear, this was an emotional choice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you could have gone with Ryan Tannehill here too. Debated about Miles Gaskin. Yeah. What'd you say, Walker? You could have gone with Ryan Tannehill here too. Oh God, Ryan Tannehill. I forgot I, I blocked that man out of my out of my <laughs> He brain. does not exist. Whoa. He does not exist. All right, Walker. Walker took the the odds-on favorite, I think. <laughs> yeah, this one was uh, yeah unfortunate for me a lot as well. Um, Allen Robinson, who I had as a top five receiver coming into this year, um, he, uh, he he wasn't thrown to very well this year. Uh, he didn't. The he runs a lot of slower developing routes that didn't have time to develop. Uh, because the offensive line for Chicago was really bad most of the season. And uh, then he just kind of forgot how to play football. Um, after the offensive line got better and Justin Fields was the starter, um, Robinson just like wasn't, didn't look like he was playing that hard. Didn't look like he, you know, he, he couldn't get open. He was really just a, you know, relegated to being a 50, 50 guy. Um, it, it was a weird it was a weird thing to watch. Uh, he just kind of became an afterthought out of nowhere. And like I said, just, just odd to see. I mean, maybe it's just, he's run out of time on the surgically repaired ACL or, you know, he, he just doesn't have any juice left in the tank in his late twenties. But um, yeah, it was really out of nowhere for me because he's been extremely good for three, four years in a row. And then just, uh, it just all fell apart. Um, so unfortunately I, uh, I probably won't have any Allen Robinson uh, going forward ever. Um, and that's not something I would have expected to say at the start of the season at all. Yeah. yeah he, he didn't, he didn't have one, not one single top 24 performance. The most he scored was 10.8 points. He had two double digit games um, only. So he was awful. Yeah. That's just horrifying. I mean, he was like, he he was a pretty much just as bad. He like you could have done just as well with Kali Raymond, who yes. no one probably drafted. even better. Yeah, Kali Raymond, who is the uh, the third best receiver and maybe the worst receiver room in the league. Yeah, I was trying to put that uh, in a way that, but yes, Walker did it. So Allen Robinson is Walker's nominee. Mike's is the guy that I almost put down. And then I remembered Miles Gaskin and I slammed that into the Excel spreadsheet instead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Terry McLaurin um, mm-hmm. was top 12, top 14, not, not nearly yeah. as high as Allen Robinson's ADP. But, but not too far off. Like no. not too far off. Not both, too far both, off. Yeah. Both you probably can make a case where uh, as a top twelve. Uh, outside of that, he fell oh, apart. Oh, hold well. on, time out. Terry McLaurin had a higher ADP than Allen Robinson. What? Really? On four for four, Terry McLaurin is wide receiver ten, and A Rob is wide receiver twelve. Wow. This. This is through October, so maybe it was some later in season drafts. I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah, wild. Literally two picks apart because CD Lamb is wide receiver eleven, and they're three hundred five, three hundred six, and three hundred seven. So, well, I mean, regardless, I, 
McLaurin actually had a few good weeks at the start of the season. But um, still really bad. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's I mean, let Mike continue, though. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike. <laughs> no, that no, that's an interesting fact. I, I yeah. would not have thought of that. Uh, so McLaurin had four top 12 performances, mm-hmm. uh, but did not have a top 24 outside of those four performances. So four and nothing. Uh he had, um, according to Fantasy Pros, he had a top nine ADP, uh, and he is a top 24 wide receiver at this point. So he didn't fall as far as Allen Robinson either. But both, I think, players were heavily, heavily sought after, and neither of them did much of anything. Yep. All right, let's just move on and rename this the Allen Robinson Award. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Ishtar, Ishtar Robinson up in here. Ishtar Robinson. Uh, so I'm going to rename the award, and then we're next year going to be like, why does it say Ishtar Robinson? All right. <laughs> I'll the, probably remember. The ET, the Extraterrestrial Award for uh, Most Unlikely Fantasy Star. And two of these guys we've already talked about, so we can just touch on these, what you guys want to talk about them. Walker, your guy is James Jimbo Connor. Yeah, I just didn't expect him to have the kind of season that he did. Um, he looked pretty worn down in Pittsburgh. And uh, he was on a very cheap contract. Uh, I, I just didn't think he was going to be able to hold up to the type of role that he had to play, especially when Edmonds got hurt and he had to be the guy for uh, for those five weeks. Um, he did a lot better than I expected. You know that he was a guy that I just wasn't excited about at the start of the season. I, I was low on him, and uh, I got it wrong. And I'm happy for him. You know, it's a player I like. You know, I, I think James Conner's a solid player, and I, I he's a cool story and all that. I just, yeah, I just didn't see it coming, but uh, yeah, he, he's, he pleasantly surprised me for sure this year. Yeah. I mean, um, I have to vote against that because I saw it coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did not. In, in I did game, not. Let's be clear. Yeah. In games where Chase Edmonds and James Conner played together, Edmonds was still better. Like I, let's, let's be clear here. I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong that Edmonds was the better football player. I was wrong that about James Conner's fantasy production. You were wrong about James Conner scoring all of the touchdowns inexplicably. Yeah, that was interesting. All right, Mike, your guy is Corderell Patterson. Um, no, no, it isn't. Oh, it is not. It is Amon Ross St. Brown. Why did I think it was Corderell Patterson? Probably because it was one of the guys we talked about already. Um, because my brain is fried. <laughs> so, as as we did uh, talk about St. Brown, I mean, nobody, I didn't say nobody because that's not really true, but very few uh, outside of Dynasty Leagues and maybe Keeper Leagues drafted Amon Ross St. Brown. Or if they did draft him, it was a complete dart throw. Uh, and they were right. I mean, through 12 weeks, he, he only scored 74 points. But it changed and it changed drastically. Uh, since week 13, he's, he scored 123 points. So he went from 12 weeks of just 74 points to, uh, since week three, like four weeks, 123 points. So it's just been from one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum was not even considered at times, even the best wide receiver on the team. I mean, Clay Raymond had some days, uh, we we also spoke about um, Reynolds and even Quentin Cephas had some points out there that were better than Monroe. But at the end, 
it was the sun god, Amon Ralph St. Brown, that outlasted all of them. Did you call him Quintus? Or Quintin? I did call him Cephas? Quintus. I thought you called him Quintin. My man, call him Quintus Ephus, because he's slow as Ephus. hell. The Ephus yeah. pitch. All right. He's not, uh, not good, folks. He's bad. Somebody somebody told Walker he didn't know what he was talking about, and then he said, Quintus Cephas is good. <laughs> we were <laughs> like, what are you talking about, buddy? Um, my guy is uh, league winner Rashad Penny. Uh, Rashad Penny came on at the end of the year and won people fantasy championships. Uh, he had uh, three games with over uh, 50% uh, of the snaps played. They were all in the last four weeks. And he absolutely smashed in all three of those games. 29.8 fantasy points, 22 and a half and 35 and a half. Uh, the 6.4 really hurt you in week 14 uh, if your team had the playoffs then. But if they didn't, uh, or if you had the bye week, then week 15 and 16, I would say league winner Rashad Penny. Dude's always been good. Dude has also always been hurt. He's also turning 26 uh, in about a month at, on February 2nd. So... Um, he is already getting up there in age, but I hope, hope, hope that he can be a fancy option going forward. But I would say in terms of most out of left field story to literally win people fantasy championships, it would be Rashad Penny. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly agree with this one. I, I, I think Penny's the pick. I mean, he, he came out of absolutely nowhere. I think I said before the season that DJ Dallas would have more fantasy points at the end of the year than Rashad Penny. Um, I, I just didn't see a scenario where he got healthy enough to, to to really, you know, show out like he has. And the last few weeks, he's been really good. Um, you know, he, he's he's shown why um, people considered him a first or second round prospect. Uh, coming out of San Diego State, he's quite talented. It's just his health never allowed him to show this, and now it has. And there you go. Uh, if you stuck by, if you stuck by Rashad Penny, it looks like you uh, you reap the rewards for three weeks. So you were eventually correct. Yeah, you were correct for three weeks when it mattered most, and there you go. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think Penny is the pick here. All right. Um, I also think that my boy Rashad Penny is the pick. He's my boy now because I nominated him for this. Mike, who is your who is your selection? Actually, I would have gone with my pick just on the basis that with Rashad Penny, who people know how good he is, or at least should know how good he is, and when he is healthy and when he's on the field. So it's not such a surprise that when he did get the opportunity to actually play and be healthy enough, he performed. I mean, he probably performed more than what many people thought, but he, that potentiality is always there. With Amon Raw, it's just like, who is this guy? He's placed for Detroit Lions, not even the best wide And then all of a sudden, talking about the last three or four weeks winning leagues, as we talking about, he was on many, many people's teams um, that won their their uh, home or their um, league. So to me, he's lesser known of a commodity that, overcame a lot of the different situations that were presented. And because of that, that's why Amon Ra is my winner. Okay. I'm just going to say people know Rashad Penny's name, but they know it as a joke. <laughs> they know Rashad Penny the same way everybody remembers who Greg Oden is. Cause that man could not stay healthy either. So um, I think it was most surprising in so much as uh, be like, wait, Rashad Penny did this. I think that, that that's why I think Walker and I, went with him so all right winner 
by a two to one vote, not a clean sweep, is Rashad Penny. Um, so for the Roadhouse Award, which uh, I have to explain to Walker because Walker was born in the 90s. Uh, Roadhouse was a movie in the 1980s. Um, no, basically what what Roadhouse, the reason the Roadhouse Award is for the guy who switched teams, it's because uh, Patrick Swayze had to be brought in to clean up a bar. Um, and he was like a known commodity and he had to switch teams to take care of this bar. So it is the best fantasy performer who switched teams, the Roadhouse Award. Um we're not going to talk about mine. We'll just do Mike and Walker's because it's Cordell Patterson. We don't need to talk about him for a third time. So we'll go with Mike first <laughs> and then we'll go to Walker. We don't need to talk, keep talking about Cordell Patterson. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so uh, I was the third person in and yeah, Mike got the short end of the stick on this one. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, I don't, I don't want to say the short end, but it's definitely one of those where there's not been a whole lot of free agents that came yeah. on and made any kind of splash on their team. Um, Kenny Galladay was the biggest free agent acquisition, and we all know what he did. Absolutely nothing. Um, and there there was a couple other players like Rick Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, yeah. I mean, so it's just one of those things where uh, Jamal Williams did something being a free agent acquisition. So... He finished as uh, RB43, but again, he split time with, with DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift was still even, even splitting time was the key to to success for the Lions. And uh, But he did have top, um, a top three, 20, uh, top three, t- top 24. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, now I know right. Uh, yeah, three, wait, top wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Take two and action. <laughs> action. Um, he had three top 24 performances uh, this season. So he did whatever he could in the time that was given to him. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, uh, Walker, your guy um, is your boy. So let's talk yeah, about it. This is, this is the correct answer. Um, there's no other answer. Matthew Stafford. Uh <laughs> Went to the Rams, and he has been really good for almost the whole season. Um, Every now and then, he still throws his weird Matthew Stafford, uh, I think I can make any throw, and I'm so used to putting the whole team on my back that I fall into that when my team goes behind type picks. Um, It's just the playing for a loser mentality, basically, and it's tough to kick that sometimes, but... um, Apart from a few boneheaded mistakes here and there, he's been lights out pretty much all season. Um, again, he's another quarterback who doesn't run. That's been top five most of the season. Um, finally getting the respect from the media that he deserves, uh, you know, except for Ben Baldwin, but who cares? More like Kumpooper Cowboy. Am there I right, you go. I, I saw the wheel spinning. That's we why got I, his, yeah, I was, I was just staring off into space. But uh, Matthew Stafford, really good at football, really good for fantasy football. Um, great value in the draft. It was going around uh, QB 10, QB 11 range. So, yeah, he, he hit his ceiling on, on a new team. And uh, he's... I mean, he's the quarterback of a team that's a Super Bowl contender. So I, I don't I don't see another answer here. Yeah, I don't see another answer either. It was it was a a uh, three picks in a one man draft. If we're being honest, I think it's Matthew <laughs> Stafford. 
Maybe yeah. two-man draft. Cordell Patterson. Mike really got the short end here. <laughs> we have Matthew Stafford, Cordell Patterson, or Jamal Williams. Williams yeah. yeah, Jamal Williams, who was just fine. Yeah, he was okay. I mean, he I was, like I liked having him on the Lions this year, but like, yeah, he wasn't yeah. the he wasn't the most in, influential football player. No, exactly. no not at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Matthew Stafford wins that one. So let's move on to the Terminator Award for the guy who shredded the fantasy competition or the fantasy MVP. My guy is Debo Samuel, but I'm not even voting for my guy is because I could not put Walker's guy in. Walker, let's talk about your guy. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Cooper Cup, baby. <laughs> oh, my God, this dude. Uh, I mean, I I was one of the largest uh, and loudest Cooper Cup evangelists in, in the offseason. Um Due to my experience with the previous guy, Matthew Stafford, um, I just knew that the type of routes that Cup was good at running were going to be the type of throws that Stafford loves to throw, and they were going to have a great chemistry early on. Um, But even I didn't see anything like this coming. I mean, I don't think anybody could have. Cup's been incredible. Uh, I I don't know if he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he's certainly a top five receiver in the NFL, which is not something anyone would have said before this season. just a ridiculous production season. I mean, double-digit targets in every game. Um, hasn't had a single uh, single-digit fantasy points performance all year. Just amazing. I mean, he's been, I think, the number one receiver in fantasy football after every single week of the year, which is just uh, – it's almost impossible to, to, to comprehend how good he's been. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this since the Calvin Johnson record-breaking season. And even that year, Calvin didn't have as many touchdowns as Cup has had this year. So um, it, it, it's since I started playing fantasy football, it's the greatest fantasy season by a receiver of all time. And it's not close. Um, the dude's been impossibly good all season. And I, yeah, like I said, even as a, a Cooper Cup evangelist, I, I didn't see this coming. And um, I, I he's he's the MVP, man, for fantasy. He, he's been stupid good yeah i mean there's a reason i didn't even bother talking about Debo samuel um his uh cooper cup's worst week was uh five for 64 that was his worst week <laughs> his worst <laughs> week of the season was better than Allen robinson's best week of the season yeah, yeah exactly wait it gets better his second worst week of the season from a fantasy points perspective seven for 92 <laughs> that was his second lowest fantasy point scored his uh, second lowest fantasy point scored is a solid wide receiver two week. It's 16.2 fantasy points. Oh like, my God. come on. The guy has three games all year under 20 PPR points. Like, I mean, come on. Mike, you want to talk about your guy, whatever bum this is on some junk team? <laughs> I mean, Mike's guy does, Mike, Mike does have a case for his guys, but I'm not, I'm not voting for him, Mike, but make your case for your boy. It doesn't matter. It's an uphill battle for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so from week four to 15, top 12, um, with five, five, top five finishes, um, it's, I mean, that, that's really all you have to know is he's been five top five performances, um, and then was in the top 12 from weeks four to 15, did not fall out once. Uh, just that streak alone is incredible. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, Cooper Cup um, did better. So, but yeah, it's in in 
Also, Cooper Cup being mentioned with the MVP of this year, which is very just regular. I don't even know why they have it. It's just a quarterback award. Let's just give it to the quarterback award. Um, but Cooper Cup and JT both being mentioned goes a long ways in a in a MVP NFL MVP race that is just primarily just motivated by politics and the cute quarterback position. Yeah. Um... I mean, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I think he tied LaDainian Tomlinson's 100-yard and a touchdown streak. I don't think he beat it, but he did tie it. So he did have an all-time season. But you cannot compete with this. Cooper Cup, this is Cooper Cup's uh, distribution, and it's going to be the image for the thing. Top 12, uh, he was top 5 seven times. He was, or I'm sorry, he's top 12 14 times. He's a wide receiver two one time and outside the top 36 once. Yeah, my dude, my my dude, fourteen times in the top twelve. He was yeah. a wide receiver one almost the whole season. <laughs> yeah, and wh- like he was a wide receiver one or two fifteen times out of sixteen. So yeah, that's his, just impossible. Yeah, it's that's it's an impossible production. So I'm I mean, going Cooper Cup. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I Jonathan Taylor deserves a mention. I mean, he yeah. was also really really good this season. Yeah. Um, he just it happened to run up against an impossible force this season. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like, um, you know, sometimes it's just like somebody's just a little bit better because JT, I don't want to disrespect JT, uh, but Cooper Cup had an, an all time season. Jonathan Taylor also had an all time season. Like I said, his run of 100 yards plus a touchdown is was a record breaking. And the record look, was Ladaney and Tomlinson. Look, Jonathan Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish. But <laughs> Cooper Cup had one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. Now I'm going to edit that picture of you wearing two hats into that Kanye West picture. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, our last uh, nominations, which is our favorite 80s movie, which is our guy who came through huge for us. And uh, Walker, you're slated to go first, but I'm going to go first because uh, I would like to do that. Because my guy also is thematic with the movie. So if you guys don't have that, you can maybe tweak it a little bit. Uh, my guy is uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. So, have you guys seen the Star year? Trek 1982. No. I, no, I've never, I've, I've seen one Star Wars movie in my life. You son of a bitch. It's Star Trek. <laughs> well, you gotta, uh, you gotta watch mind. it for the ear, earworms. I've seen zero learn. Star Trek movies, so. This guy, I said Star Trek, and this guy says, I've seen one Star Wars movie. <laughs> I got his ass, folks. Uh, Anyways, in Star Trek 2, there is an old foe that they left for dead on a barren <gasps> wasteland of a planet that they came. They didn't think any life could be sustained where he was. And he comes back and he sustains life and he almost wins. And he gains the respect that he deserved as a Superman. And that man is Brandon. I don't know his middle name, so I'm going to say it's Emmanuel cooks i'm just gonna Brand- call him say brandon Ebenezer cooks for some reason <laughs> i don't know his middle name i'm just gonna call him Emmanuel. <laughs> brandon Emmanuel cooks oh he doesn't have a middle name on pro football reference <laughs> brandon uh, cooks <laughs> brandon 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 cook. cooks uh i mean the man's a monster uh everybody brandon, want- brandon tawan cooks <laughs> does it say tawan yeah on the on his wikipedia Oh, on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, yeah. T-A-W-A-N. 
So Brandon Cooks, he's really good at football. Everybody decided that because the Texans weren't good at football, it meant he wouldn't be good at football. Uh, that wrong. did not happen. Wrong. Uh, wrong, 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 folks. I got him in the 30s at wide receiver. I played in 15 leagues. I had him in a, uh, 11, I believe I had him in. So yeah, I, so I, yeah in my three leagues, I, I drafted him in my home league in the fifth round. I drafted him at, I think, wide receiver. I think it was wide receiver 30 on the dot in mm-hmm. Scott Fishbowl, and that was like one of the highest uh, spots that he went. And uh, the only league I didn't get him in was in the football absurdity league because Jeff got him. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got the boy. I spent $18 on him in my home auction league because I was like, I have to get him. I, yeah, I, no, I, I ended up spending that money on Julio Jones. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oh, me the playoffs, though, and Jeff didn't. Wait, can we uh, can we revisit the guy who changed teams? Because instead of Matthew Stafford, I think it should be Julio Jones. Who? Who? Julio Jones? Got him. All right. No, it's Brandon Cooks, folks. He is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. Uh Jamar Chase is dirty dancing because he's doing the gritty in the end zone. Uh, folks, that's all I've got. But um, no, Jamar Chase was super good. Um, I, I, I'm not sure he's the right pick for this category. Uh, I, I was big on Chase in the in the preseason. I said he was going to be the best Bengals receiver. Um, I, I, and I said that he was a better prospect than Justin Jefferson was and could have a better rookie season than Jefferson did. And he has. Uh, I... I I'm not sure I necessarily expected it, but it was definitely in the range of outcomes. And the man's incredible. Uh, he he's one of the dozen best receivers in the NFL already. And um, my dad sincerely thinks he was just playing a practical joke on everyone in the preseason when he couldn't catch the ball and then said to the media, "Yeah, I can't see the non-striped ball." Uh, he my my dad legit legitimately thinks that was just him joking. Um, because the dude is, he's really good, folks. Uh, yeah, I almost went with Cooper Cup again here, but uh, <laughs> I figured that was a little bit cheap. So Jamar Chase uh, doing the dirty gritty in the end zone after absolutely mossing the hell out of some dudes. Um, that's my pick. Yeah, doing the gritty, if if uh, nobody saw it, he did the gritty in week 17 after a defender did the gritty to him. Yes. And then he, he mossed the hell out of the guy. And then yeah, did two the plays later, he mossed. Two plays later, yeah. Yeah, Traverius Ward did the gritty after he knocked a ball away from Chase, and then Chase mossed him two plays later for a touchdown. Jesus Christ. He's so good at football. Um, all right. And uh, Mike, your guy, who is, I think, it, be, it seems like he's being a little disrespected uh, going into 2021 because people kind of, for, or 2022, because people kind of forgot about him. Yeah, uh, which surprisingly so. I mean, a lot of that had to do with the drops, but uh, I I think someone who's finished as a wide receiver seven, and I don't know just on bases alone without looking, if you ask um, if Deontay Johnson finished in the top 10 of wide receivers, I don't know how many people would actually get that right. Uh, He had um, uh, top 12, uh, five top 12, nine top 20, 10, top 24, um, and caught 100 passes for nine TDs. Uh, as far as the movie tie-in, I, I'm going to go with Rocky Three because, you know, everything is still on with me anyways. But um, someone who who is has gotten beaten down, uh, can't catch the ball, he's not going to be any good, 
uh, those kind of things, and then rises and defeats um, all the opponents, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, all the players that are supposed to be better than he is, and ends up being uh, winning by knockout uh, Deontay Johnson. All right, that's a good one. Uh, it's also it's also um, appropriate because a big part of his game is dropping people, folks. <laughs> got him. We got him. We got um, him. Uh, Deontay so. Johnson, by the way, four drops this year. Dro- uh, took his drop rate and cut it in a third. So good um, for him. You know, I, legitimately, he he worked on he worked on a thing about his game that wasn't very good, and it got better. Yep, that's right. So um, that's what they do. They are professional uh, players. So um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Jeff's pick of the that that movie that's got uh, what does it got the 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 little BP robot in it? Rocky Four. You're thinking of uh, Blade Runner, Walker. Oh yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> Blade Runner sucks. Oh my god. Blade Runner is extremely boring. Nothing happens. Oh my god! It's a, pretty, it's a pretty picture with barely any plot. Oh my Mike, god! Mike's a capital C cinemaphile, and I think I think what movie did I say was bad earlier? And Mike was like, "What?" I don't remember. Yeah, Mike. Mike does not like our movie takes. It was no, 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 It was. Uh, I want to just see things blow up, and I was like, "What movie was it?" I don't know. There's a whole genre of movies I don't like, Mike, that um, I'll let you decide what this means. But it's guys staring at each other in conference rooms. It's a whole genre of movies I have no interest in. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many good movies, especially. Oh, my. Well, what about you? You didn't like. Um, well, you probably wouldn't like it now, but. Um, oh, I forget. Never mind. I'll get back to you at the end of the show. Uh, well, it's the end of the show, Mike. Actually, I have an award to give out for everybody. Uh, I can't even think of the guy's name now. Um, oh, man, never mind. I well, while you think of it, I have an award. Um, it is the Best Take Award, or as I call it, the Die Hard is a Christmas Movie Award. Oh, God. To tie it back into 80s themes. So I took everybody's best take, and I tried to figure out who, who had the best take. So my nominee is Brandon Cooks is still good. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Mm. Walker's is Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford will make sweet music together. Uh, Evans is taking Jonathan Taylor 1.03. But when I ran that past Evan, he said, well, actually, I cooled on that. And I started saying that Justin Herbert will be the next Josh Allen. And to that, I say, Evan, you don't get two good takes. You get one. (laughs) You're stuck at one. Yeah. For Waleed, I asked Waleed's and he said it was uh, Derrick Henry getting hurt. And I'm vetoing that one because Waleed has said that. Every year we've had a website. <laughs> that is Waleed's constant thing. And no, Mike's... Waleed's good take was uh, Amon Ross St. Brown being really good. That's true. Uh, because he was obsessed with him because of the Egyptian connection. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Waleed's Egyptian. Uh, and then my vote, which Mike had the most correct take, which was don't draft Antonio Brown because he could just straight up leave the team at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Why did you say that? <laughs> so Mike was the best take award for a ton- for for basically predicting the future. <laughs> somehow somehow predicting that at some point this year Antonio Brown was just gonna walk off the field and get out. <laughs> I'm done with you clowns. So uh Mike <laughs> no discussion, Mike wins the award. 
because this player will yeah. be good, this player will be bad, fine, whatever. But Antonio Brown will just leave the Buccaneers. You got it. Mike wins. Absolutely so, nailed it. So now that's the end of the episode. And uh, that's the end of the 2021 season. So um, Walker, Mike, I know we've talked about it. Just want to let the people know. Uh, starting next week, we're going to one episode a week. Every other week is going to be in the Patreon feed. And um, that's going to start next week in the Patreon feed. We'll be doing uh, playoff previews, and then we'll get into other offseason stuff, talking rookies and all that stuff. Uh, you can also find us. I'm going to start doing um, more live stream stuff again. Now the season's over. That'll be at twitch.tv slash football absurdity. Um, and uh, yeah, you can check us out on Discord, tiny.cc slash FB absurdity. On Twitter, Walker is Big Daddy Dricks with an X. Mike is RFL Red Zone. I am Jeff Crisco. Yeah, with an R. I almost said with an R. Uh, Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. The website is F-Ball Absurdity on the Twitter. So, do you guys have any final words for this season, for the awards? Usual uh, suspects. Oh, the usual suspects? That's a good movie. Or is that a movie of guys staring at each other in a conference room? It, sort of. Uh, kind of. Kind of. So, all right. Yeah, no, uh... Good. Uh, thanks, guys, for uh, get putting me on the podcast. Uh, it was it's been fun, and I will be back next season. Hell yeah! Don't, don't threaten us with a good time, Walker. <laughs> yeah. All right. I hope everybody won their their fantasy season. And oh, I forgot to do the shout out of the new patron. Um, I did it on the coffee cast, but not on this one. Uh, Andreas Rolin, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, I thought uh, that you were a spam email because you because uh, Patreon sent me the email in uh, Swedish Krona because he is from Sweden. So we are uh, international. So thank you, Andreas. And uh, thanks, boys, for a great season. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>